and praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome back to the sanctuary of the First Pentecostal Church of Anderson, Indiana. We are so delighted that you would join us on this Wednesday night midweek where we are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you tonight, I don't have anything bad to say about God. He's been good to me. He has blessed us. He has kept us. He has sustained us. And I'm so grateful for his goodness. To our home church family, thank you for being faithful to midweek service tonight. Thank you so very much for taking time to tune in. And I want to encourage you to stay engaged, to be intentional about your engagement in service. Um, we were talking last night about uh, some folks who said they weren't quite sure how to handle church right now, that they were going to church in their lazy boy in their recliner. Let's not make that uh, the rule. Let's let that be the exception that that may have happened. But tonight, I want you to stay engaged in our services. My goodness gracious, did we have a time here on Sunday morning. It was absolutely amazing to see each and every one of you. We had some guests here with us. It was a fantastic service. It was just amazing to get to see you uh, face to face, to get to pray with your families. And uh, I can truly say that I'm, I'm pretty sure Sunday morning is the first time in my life that I have ever been honked at while I was preaching. Now, I have probably honked some people off while I was preaching, but I have never been honked at while I was preaching. And I am so thankful for each and every one of you that came. And certainly we understand there were some of you that could not make it, and we missed seeing you. But thank you for making the effort to be there to all of our guests that are joining us tonight, perhaps you may even be watching this uh, webcast at a later time. We are so very thankful that you would take time to stop and to listen to what the Lord is doing and saying through the First Pentecostal Church. I am so very thankful that God has given us the opportunity to uh, be able to share the good news across the internet. And we are doing our very best right now to give God our best in this season because it won't be long until we'll be together again and we want God to bless our efforts now and we want God to bless our efforts then and I'm a firm believer that if we can be faithful over a few things that he'll make us ruler over many and so I don't want to be guilty of waiting until I get to the house of the Lord with all the saints before I start giving God praise as the old song said uh, when I was a kid my mother and dad used to listen to the Hawkins sing, don't wait till the battle's over, shout now, amen. I'm going to worship right now, I'm going to bless him right now because God has been so very good to us, he is a blessing God. We are going tonight to the book of Psalms, we are going to our focused 52 chapter. Now for those of you that are not aware, perhaps you have not seen it on social media uh, if you are joining us by YouTube tonight and did not come to the First Pentecostal Church Facebook page to see it, uh, we, we want you to know that our Focus 52 has not stopped. We're still putting that out every week uh, in digital form. It is on our church website. If you go to uh, fpcanderson.com backslash Focus 52, uh, you can find the, the uh, version there in PDF that you can print off so you can still have that every week. And I, I certainly do enjoy uh, having a devotional because it's times like this that this is actually more valuable to me probably than it's ever been to know that we're in the same chapter together 
focusing on the same things as the body of Christ. So I want to encourage you, uh, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, either one tonight, to please stay with us in prayer every week on that Focus 52 devotional. There is a written devotional. There uh, is the focus chapter, the focus verse, and then there is a prayer focus. And uh, we're all praying the same thing and speaking the same language, and I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing for us to do that. So tonight, if you have your Bibles, please get your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms. Psalm the 30th is where we'll begin tonight in verse number 1. Psalms chapter 30 and verse number 1. David said, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. And I would like to right now echo the sentiment of David in verse number 4. As I speak to the saints of the living God tonight and say, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. For His anger endureth but a moment, and His favor is life. I love this verse. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Aren't you thankful for the word of the Lord tonight? Amen. I am thankful that we serve a God whose anger only lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. I am so very grateful that I don't have to live my life in the dark. That even if I'm in a dark season, I know that there is joy that's coming in the morning. And I feel like encouraging the church tonight and telling you that we are closer to the sunrise right now than we have ever been. I believe that there is a dawning of a new day that is quickly approaching on us. And I am thankful for the joy of the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for reading with me tonight in Psalms chapter 30. I'm going to take just... A few moments tonight to work through some scripture with you, and I want to talk to you a little bit about this. But the way that I'm going to begin tonight, I don't want this at all to get started on the wrong foot. I don't want to uh, offend anybody in any way, shape, or form. I don't want this to sound like uh, this is some kind of a political uh, outcry or anything like that. But uh, today I was reading an article that stirred my spirit, and I thought how crazy it is that this week our focus uh, chapter was Psalms 30 where David is giving praise to the Lord. This is a time if, if you have the caption above uh, your Psalms in your Bible it said that this is a psalm uh, of a song at the dedication of the house of David. This is after David had come through some difficult times perhaps he had just left the cave of Adullam and he has now uh, finished that, that beautiful home lined with cedar 
for, for himself. And then later Solomon would build one that had the same uh, walls for God. But David was reflecting on the goodness of the Lord that God had brought him out. No doubt he had seen many terrors. He had been through many dangers. He had fought many fights. But now he was looking back over that fight, over the battle, over the time when his enemies cried out against him. I know this is where I get caught up sometimes, that I get so caught up in the right now that I forget that God has brought me out before. And there are things that I've come through in my life before. That now I'm looking back on that and realizing how good God really was to me in the process of time. I thought perhaps then it was over. I thought perhaps then I would lose my mind. I thought then that joy would never come. But now looking back, I realize how faithful God was and how he sustained me during those times and those seasons. And this season that we're in right now is no different, I tell you, because God has not changed and he will not change. There will come a day that we as the church triumphant will look back on this season and say, I remember a time when we wanted to be together and we couldn't, but thank God Almighty we're together again tonight. And we're doing more for God than we've ever done and we're seeing a greater harvest than we have ever seen. I'm reaching to you tonight to tell you that troubles don't last forever, but when the trouble is over, we must never forget that it is God that has been good to us. It is God that has brought us out. As the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt and they were told of the Lord that uh, they were to put stones on their children and, and jewelry on their children as, uh, as a stone on them to say that this is the goodness of the Lord. We borrowed these from Egypt. The Lord has put jewels on us leaving. And they said, so that your children will know that God has brought you out with a mighty hand. And before they went into the promised land, they were told to build an altar with stones in the Jordan rivers they were crossing. And they said, why would we do this? And the Lord said, so that someday when your children ask, what mean these stones? What's this all about? That you can look at your children and say, this was the season right here that God Almighty brought us out. I'm telling you right now that any good thing that's ever happened in my life has not happened because of fate. It has not happened because of good that's in me. It has happened because God has been good to this old boy. Amen. So I was reading this article and it broke my heart. It was a governor and I, I'm not going to call names. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or make uh, anybody mad tonight. If this makes you mad, you need to check your soul anyway. But this governor was being uh, interviewed by uh, a, a news outlet and the, the governor said this. He made this statement. I'm not taking it out of context. This is exactly what the man said. And, and I quote. He said, Our behavior has stopped the spread of the virus. God did not stop the spread of the virus. He said God had nothing to do with slowing down this virus, it is by our action. And what made me sad is the author of this article that was quoting this governor. He said this. He said, I want you to understand that this governor is correct. Listen to what I'm telling you tonight. He said, prayers do not affect the virus. Some imaginary God does not affect the virus. But people and human behavior, behavior can and do affect the virus. I understand that what this man is saying is that we have 
tried to do the right thing by social distancing. But I want you to know that beyond anything that you or I could ever do, beyond any mandate that we would ever keep, I'm telling you right now that God is a keeping God. God is a protecting God. God is a healing God. I'm telling you right now, I am so thankful that his anger only lasts for a moment. I'm not insinuating whatsoever that this virus is the judgment of God, but what I am saying to you is I am so very grateful that even in the midst of this time right now, that God has the ability to just rest his hand on us, that God has the ability to speak and slow this thing down. I believe just as he said, at the dedication of the temple in 2 Chronicles 7, 14 that if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face he said I will heal, hear them from heaven I will heal their land I will forgive their sin I'm telling you right now we may be doing our part by social distancing but God has absolutely put his hand on this pandemic and he has held back the judgment of this curse and I give him praise for it tonight it is the way of man for us to say that God did not do it can you imagine can you imagine in a time like this when so many people need God and so many people need to hear from God and so many people need God in their families and in their homes I guarantee you there have been thousands upon thousands of people that have called on God during this time that have not called on him in a long time. And if, if it's worth anything, it's worth that. But I can't imagine in this season right now not having anything better to write than to say that prayer is not going to affect this virus and that no imaginary God is going to affect this virus. Well, I'm telling you right now, the very thing that has made the atheists say that God is not real for some uh, strange reason has not had the same effect on people with this virus. Because the atheist says, how in the world can you believe in a God that you cannot see? And I'm telling you, the whole world is shut down right now over a virus that they cannot see with their naked eye. Well then, how do we know it's real, Pastor? We know it's real because we see what's happened when people come in contact with something that is invisible, that they cannot see. It's the same thing that happened in my life as just a child when before I knew how to describe God, before I knew how to say what he meant to me I knew that even though I could not see God I could feel God can I tell you tonight that while the effects of the coronavirus are still running rampant in the earth I still believe that the effects of an almighty God are still moving to and fro in the earth he is still a mighty God God never ceases to be mighty he never ceases to be amazing he never stops being awesome. He's awesome, and he's awesome all the time. I'm telling you tonight that it does not matter what men say about God. It doesn't matter who gives him the glory. Every time you turn around, this boy right here is going to be crying out just like David did. He said, oh, Lord, I will extol thee, for thou hast lifted me up and has made my foes to not rejoice over me. I feel like it would be in order right now for you wherever you're standing or sitting 
to raise those hands to the Lord and say, God, right now, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to exalt your holy name. I'm going to love you not because of what I feel or what I see, but because of who you are. If you have not touched the Lord today, right now would be a great time to touch him. I feel his presence. I feel his presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, I want you to notice something very, very powerful right here in Psalms chapter 30. He said, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou, for thou, for thou hast lifted me up. He said, nobody else, Lord. You have lifted me up, and you have not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee. Watch this. And thou hast healed me. Thou hast healed me. O Lord, here it comes again. Verse 3. Thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive. Somebody ought to shout that in your living room right now. Thou hast. God, thou hast been good to me. I've had people turn their back on me, God, but you've never turned your back on me. Thou hast been faithful unto me, O God. Let us not lose sight tonight. I know that there are several. Thankfully, we're not getting uh, many reports about it from our local assembly, but there are a lot of people hurting right now without jobs just the other night. Terrible storms came through. What a terrible, terrible time for storms to come through when we're in the middle of a pandemic. Tornadoes wreaking havoc on, on communities. And uh, some people now, they're not only without their job, they're without their home. But you know, there's something so amazing about understanding the true power of worship. That worship has absolutely nothing to do with just what God has done or not done for me. We give him praise for the things that he has done. But when I realize who he really is, and I begin to open my soul, and I begin to open my mouth, there are people that have been through things in your life that are not fair. I don't know why bad things happen to good people, but here's one thing that I do know, that when you thought God's silence meant his absence, it was not true. That was a lie from the, from the enemy. God has been good to us. God has been good to you, my friend, tonight that's watching me. God has been good to you. He has kept his hand on you. And this is the part that you may not realize right now. I know some people are wishing right now that they live in a different season, a different dispensation of time. Oh, I wish we could go back and live. I, I miss the 80s. I miss the 90s. I miss the 70s. I miss this and I miss that. You know what? This is what's so amazing. God kept his hand on you for this moment right now. I've heard people say, oh, I wish I could have been around to preach when the Apostle Paul preached. I wish I could have been around during the ministry of Jesus Christ. But you know what? He thought enough of you to use you and redeem you and to save you for this time right now. Can you imagine what it is that God wants to do in your life right now? So it's time for us to give him glory and say, it's thou, O Lord, that has sustained us. It's thou, O Lord, that has kept us. And so we've got to get to the place where we understand that our help does not come from man. I thank God 
for everything the government's trying to do to help people. I'm thankful for the stimulus money and whatever else. Hope it's a blessing to you. Don't go blow it. Use it on something good. Let it be a blessing in your life. But let me tell you this today. That stimulus money will never do for me what the blood of Jesus has done for me. You cannot buy my salvation. There's no way that I could have paid enough money to get rid of my sin. There's no way I could have paid enough money to buy myself into this great kingdom of God. I don't deserve to be here, and you don't deserve to be here, but thou, O Lord, has been a shield for me. Thou, Lord, has blessed me, and you pulled me out of a terrible pit, and I bless him for it tonight. It was this same psalmist who wrote to us in Psalm 121, and verse number one, he said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? David was not saying that nobody else can help me. But he was saying, I know where my help comes from. I know where ultimately where my help comes from. Verse 2, he said, My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. I love this. David refers to the Lord as the creator because it's something that we all need to be reminded of. It was God and God alone that created the heavens and the earth. It was God and God alone that created every system within every system that was needed. God created today what tomorrow would need. It was God that did that. And he did it all by himself. And what David was reminding himself is that God, if you were able to create the heavens and the earth, if you, God, were able to create everything that every bit of your creation would need, God, you created everything that would sustain men. If you were able to create in six days this earth that we live in and separate the light from the darkness, to separate, God, the heaven from the earth, the firmaments to be separated, then, God, you are able to come to where I am right now in the midst of my trouble. You are my help. What David was saying is you were the creator in the beginning and you're able to create a way for me right now. When I don't have any help, you are are my help. When I don't have a way out, you are my way of escape. You are the creator and you are my help. Verse 3, he said, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. I love this so much tonight. I, I, I love this so much. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Amen. Verse 5, the Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I plan tonight on taking the Lord at that word right there. I'm glad that I serve a God that when I need him, he's not asleep somewhere. Not only is he not asleep, but he's for sure not laying in a grave. We celebrated that last week. 
I'm glad that he got up so that I could get up. I'm glad that he made a way so that I could be in the way. I'm glad about it tonight. I'm thankful that I know where my help comes from. God didn't do this. Man did this. God, prayer can't fix this. Men's actions have fixed this. You know what I believe, and I don't want you to read any deeper into this than what I'm saying right now. I think if history has proven anything to us, man's actions have not fixed anything. I think man's actions is probably the biggest problem that we've got in the earth. If it wasn't for men's actions, there wouldn't have been a need for redemption. But what I'm saying to you is, it doesn't matter what men have done. God has always still been a help. And he's always still made a way. Because that's the kind of God that he is. We've got to get our focus off of everything that's wrong. Get our focus off of everything that's not going our way. And get our eyes turned to the hills. That's where our help comes from. That job that you have, whether you've lost that job, whether you go back to that job, that job cannot keep your foot from, from slipping. But David said, thou, Lord, thou, Lord, would not suffer my foot to be moved. Lord, it doesn't matter. Whatever the government does, that's fine. Governments have risen and governments have fallen. But thou, Lord, thou, Lord, have been a protection for me. I am so thankful tonight that if every system in my life failed... There is one sure place that I can always put my foot, and that is on the solid rock of ages. God has been good to us. James agreed with what I'm teaching you tonight. In James chapter 1 and verse 17, I love this. I'm not going to read. There's good stuff in this chapter. Read it when I'm done preaching tonight. But I love this. He said, every good, James 1, 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. This is amazing right here. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. James said he doesn't have any variance in him at all. God doesn't vacillate. God doesn't move back and forth between opinions. I don't know what I should do today. I, I don't know if I've got what it takes to bring them out. He said there is absolutely in him. There is no variableness. There, there is no shadow of turning with him. He is a God that knows exactly where we are. And every good and perfect gift comes from him. Oh, no, 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 preacher. I know where it came from. I've got the source. I've got the envelope that says this is the return address. This is where my help comes from. Well, here's the deal. This is what I want to tell you right now. When that help that came to you right there, when you've got that return address, when that help runs out, where are you going to go to for help next? What, what, what are we going to do then? What are you going to do if every fountain in your life dries up because you said that, that was my source of help? That was where my strength came from. What are you going to do when that fountain dries up? I'll tell you where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the same place that Jesus told that woman at the well in Samaria. He said to her, he said, girl, get me, get me something to drink. She said, oh, I don't think you know who you're asking right now. He said, I know exactly who I'm asking. And I want to give you a drink of a well where you will never, ever thirst again. Can I tell you tonight, he is a well that will never, ever, 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 
ever run dry. When every other source of help and every other source of strength runs out of resources, there is a God who does not know how to run out of goodness. He does not know how to run out of loving kindness. He does not know how to run out of of mercy and, and patience. And I'm so glad tonight that I know him. I'm glad that when I look to him, he is always there. He knows my frame. He knows the way that I take every good gift. Every good gift. If you've, had a, if you've had a gift given to you, it's a good gift. If you've had a good gift come to you, I want to tell you right now that the return address on that is not the source of that gift. It's a blessing from God. Amen. People right now that are recovering, I, I give God thanks. This church has been so very blessed. We have public servants in this church and we have medical staff in this church. We have people that are working week in and week out. They have knowledge to work in the medical field. But I'm telling you folks, you that, you that are working in the medical field could testify to this if people could hear it tonight. The people that are coming out of the hospitals right now, they're not just coming out because of what men can do because there have been seasons right now that men have shook their heads and said, we don't know what else to do. But I'm telling you, just like the song that my mother used to sing all the time, it said, God likes to work when nothing else will. God likes to work. When your back is against the wall. When faith is in the balance and you're just about to fall. It said there will be no mistaking when he blesses and heals. Because God likes to work when nothing else will. Can I tell you right now that while the world is still looking for answers... I know the answer tonight. And the answer is not within me and what I can do, but the answer is in who he is. I would like to publicly tonight say that I I don't want to cause conflict in your mind and hurt your feelings right now. But I would like to say tonight, I disagree, Mr. Governor, because it is Almighty God. that is. It is the prayers of the church. It is the power of prayer that turns this thing back. Don't you neglect for one moment the fact that our God is more powerful than any sickness, any disease, any plague. He kept, he's kept his hand on his people from the beginning of time. And he's not going to lift his hand off of us today. Whatever you have need of tonight, God's aware of it. God's mindful of it. But I want you to go back through Psalm 30 and I want you to recognize the power of what David was saying. For thou hast. Thou hast, Lord. The King James language said, thou hast. The country boy version says, Lord, you have. You have. You have wrought this. You have done this. God, you have done this. You have kept me. You have blessed me. You have sustained me. That's exactly why we had better never stop praying over our food and giving God thanks. Every bite that goes in my mouth, it's there because God's been good to me. That's why every time the heat comes on or the air conditioner comes on in my home, I can say, Thou hast, Lord. We ought to be in the blessing counting business right now. Instead of griping about that old car, that we've got, we ought to just say, God, I'm so grateful I've got one because thou has been faithful to me. God, you've been good to me. Amen. I'm so very glad tonight that you would join us for a few moments of preaching. What I want you to get from this tonight is please, please, please don't get caught up in the whirlwind of negative news. Don't listen to what naysayers are saying. You can find people everywhere. They can find something wrong to say. But get in this book right here. You can find something good to say because God has been good when nothing else has worked. God has been faithful when everything else falls apart. Lord, thou hast.
Thou hast been a shield for me. You are my glory. You are the lifter of my head. I want you right now where you are to just give him thanks and praise for his goodness. Would you do that, Father? We honor you and we love you and we thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your benefits, God. Thank you for what we know and what we have in serving you. It's such a privilege to love you. It's such a privilege to walk with you, God. Just to walk with you means everything to me. I love you, Lord Jesus. I pray that this word would encourage somebody right where they are right now. Every breath we have, God, it's because you've given it to us. Every day that we live, we're blessed because you have been good to us, Lord. Thou hast been good to me. I love you. God, I pray over our church family tonight. I pray over all that are watching right now. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I pray a hedge of protection. I pray, God, for strength. I pray that you would sustain, that you would breathe a word of encouragement tonight. Let the angels of the Lord, ministering spirits, minister to us. Everywhere that we go, Lord, rest your hand on us, and we'll give you the ultimate praise and the thanks and the glory for all that you have done, for what you're doing and what you're going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray, and let the church of the living God say amen. I love you, church. I'm thankful for you. For those of you that are listening uh, tonight that are a part of this church, or even if you live in this area, I want to tell you this may sound a little bit different uh, than, than what you're used to seeing or doing, but I want to just make a quick announcement before we close out tonight. And I want to tell you that if, if you're able to get out right now, uh, Bishop and I were just speaking of this this, uh, this past week. I wanted to mention this to you Sunday, and the day just got away from us. But I want to tell you, that this church parking lot, even though we're not coming and going from the building, uh, as far as the general public is concerned, this parking lot is open for prayer. If you want to come by the church and pray, I want to encourage you, uh, just as an intentional effort to make a move towards God, to be intentional with our, our staying connected with what God is doing. I know that you can pray at home. I know that you can read at home. That's all wonderful, and I want you to keep doing that. But if you happen to be in the area, if you happen to be driving by, I want you to come pull in this parking lot, and I want you to pray over this church. I want you to be intentional with what you're saying and how you're praying. This parking lot is open. I want you to come as often as you can and call out to the Lord together. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. We're going to be praying for you. We have not stopped. We have not ceased praying for you. We're going to continue to do that, and we thank you for the prayers that you're sending our way. Church family, the Lord will bring us out with a mighty hand. He always has, and He always will. We love you so much, and we look forward to meeting with you next time right here, same place, in Jesus' name. God richly bless you.